Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is Black Friday. It is the 25th. Why am I talking like Scott Muni? Scottso, Scott Muni. Nice, nice up-to-date reference there, Sully. It is the it is Black Friday, the 25th day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this for Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, uh, I, you know, some of you are going to go out shopping like crazy today. Uh, I suppose that's a big part of today. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you hugged whomever you're with and if there's any sense of of you know you know love and and family around you I hope that you were able to experience that and hey if you don't I hope that uh you listen to the Southern Baseball Daily podcast and I can be part of your family you know not literally part of your family I mean I, I got enough of my family now you're not going to move in but you know I you know for some of you I, I hope that there's a sense that you can always come here, you can always hear a, a, a friendly voice who's on your side, who won't, tr- who won't judge you except in a fun way. Um, and, and that I'm not going to, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that was brought up at Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving and sometimes you're surrounded by your family and sometimes your family you know, the, nobody fights quite like family. No one disagrees quite like family. And so with that in mind, I'm sure, especially in, in this year, which has been so, such a tangled web of animosity and anger and sadness and death and despair and all this crap that's happened this year. And I'm not going to get into the politics. For some people, it was uh, victorious. And for some people, it was... It was a horrifying, stunning defeat. And for other people, it was just, oh, man, no matter where we stand on this political field, these next four years are going to be weird. And they are. I mean, no matter where you land, it's going to be weird. If you're a baseball fan, you saw a year where nine innings was played in Game 7 of the World Series, and that was not enough to crown a champion, and the two teams that were battling were the two who have waited the longest in baseball to be crowned. And the Cubs won the World Series, which is still a strange sentence to say, and twice the Indians, actually four times, the Indians were one swing away from winning the World Series. Think about that. I mean, that's just when you really think that if Carlos Santana... Jason Kipnis, Francisco Lindor, or Michael Martinez, if any one of those four had hit a home run, we'd be talking about the Indians and the Cubs would be going in full throttle, let's go build our team. We saw A-Rod go, we saw David Ortiz go, we saw a bunch of other people leave, you know, Mark Teixeira, who had a fine career, hung it up. And we saw people pass away, and we saw one of the brightest stars in all of baseball suddenly die in Jose Fernandez. It's been a strange year, a very strange year. We lost Prince. 
We lost David Bowie. We lost Gene Wilder. And we didn't lose Pat Robertson. That's strange. So I just hope that, and that when you're around the dinner table at Thanksgiving, it didn't get too tense. Because if you have family around you, I mean, you've got to find something to love about them. If you don't agree on politics or on this and that, find something else that you can talk about or even argue about. And that's one of the great things about sports and baseball is you can find an outlet to argue and have all that out. But in the end, it's not about life or death. But as we move on from Thanksgiving, I can't help but think it's the fall. It's the end of the fall, really. Is this this wonderful? It's probably one of my favorite times of year. Is this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and the leaves are falling or changing and everything, and they're wonderful fall colors. I love the fall. Fall's my favorite season. It gets chilly. You, you have the World Series, all this wonderful stuff, and Halloween and, and Thanksgiving and leading up to Christmas, and the fall colors. Sometimes you see the fall colors could be orange or red or yellow or brown which is going to lead me ham-fistedly to what I'm going to talk about today. Yellow and brown. When I say those two colors, well, you can be scatological, or you can talk about versions of mustard. But when I bring that up in a baseball context, what, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Padres. You know, the San Diego Padres are a team that are, as I said before, a lot more successful on television than they have been in real life. They won the World Series and the kid from left field, which starred Gary Coleman in the late 70s, early 80s. And now we have Pitch, where they're a groundbreaking team with the first female baseball player in the major leagues. They make history when it's fake. There's not much to cheer about if you're a San Diego Padres fan. They've won a grand total of one World Series game. They've never had a no-hitter. They've never, they've never really had the moment where they captured the imagination of the baseball public. And yet, they have an ability to have an identity, a unique identity. And part of that identity can come from the uniform. Now, with the show Pitch, you saw an inter they wear interesting Padre uniforms and, and they look good. But I don't know if you saw what happened the other day. The Padres put out a tweet, an announcement by video, that they are going to have new uniforms in 2017. Now, this is bizarre because last year they made a huge to-do about the fact that they have new uniforms for 2016. Well, I hope you bought those because they're already changing them. They're already changing them, and the look of the new ones are, drumroll please, boring as hell. It is generic. As I've said before, it looks like one of those ads where they couldn't get the rights to uh, a major league franchise, so they have a generic-looking uniform. I mean, it's it's you're, you're a major league team. Like, okay, let's bring out the muted blues and the 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 white shirts, and yeah, they're gonna have their brown shirts 
on a couple on like Friday games and a couple Wednesday games they'll have a throwback and then they'll have the military camouflage which I said I hate military camouflage but do you want I'll give it to the Padres the Padres are the only team allowed to do it I hate it I don't like it for the Padres either but that's my compromise that they're the only ones who can wear it I don't like it but if we have to have it have it be the Padres but for whatever reason they just don't get the fact that Padre fans and casual fans and just baseball fans in general like the brown and yellow on the Padres uniforms. Why is this such a tough pill to swallow? Why is this so bananas? Seriously. I mean, I I don't, someone's got to explain it to me. Because it's a very easy fix. Remember when I was talking about the Cleveland Indians and their uniforms? And I said, you know, it's a very easy fix. They already have the Block C hats. They already have the uniforms that don't accentuate Chief Wahoo. They already wear them. So why wear the hat that some people have trouble with when you can have another hat, which is like, hey, look, at no one has trouble with this hat. Let's just wear this one. Well, this isn't about offending anybody. This isn't about a hat that has a a racial, ethnic stereotype blazoned across the hat. It's just a uniform that people like, that fans like, casual fans like, diehard fans like. And the Major League Baseball understands this because when they had the All-Star game, at Petco Park, mind you, one of the best parks in all of baseball, they gave the the home run derby uniforms they had were replica Padres uniforms, but they were brown and yellow in the style of the Greg Nettles, Gary Templeton, Tony Gwynn days of the early uh, to mid-1980s. Now look at, I'm not one of these people who's like, Everything in my childhood was better than anything else. Okay, there are some uniforms from the 80s that are, you know, I'm glad they've gone in other directions, okay? But that being said, when you have a uniform scheme and a color scheme that everybody likes, why are you resisting doing it? Or why do you only say, oh, well, hey, we're doing it every other Friday? Well, what, no, why not wear it? On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you've got to do the military thing on Sunday. Fine, go ahead and do that. But what is to gain for the Padres to say, hey, here's something the fans will love. Let's not do it. I mean, (laughs) you can look at this team. The Padres are not going to be very good next year. They're not. I mean, a few years ago, they went on an ill-advised spending spree because they haven't been to the playoffs since 2006 and they wet the bed down the stretch in 2007 where they probably could have won the pennant that year and then they fell apart down the stretch in 2010 a year where they lost the division on the last day to the Giants and then the Giants went on to win the World Series I mean they could have the the Padres very easily could have had a World Series appearance in 2007 and 2010. 
And hell, they could have had one in 2006 if they didn't lose to the Cardinals in the division series. But I digress. Not a lot. Has, there's not a lot to cheer about in San Diego. And they went on that wild spending spree. They said, well, we're going to contend now. And it was stupid. We knew it was stupid then. It turned out to be stupid. Now, it turns out that they wound up making some decent deals and putting together uh, uh, some prospects. But they're not going to be better than the Giants next year. They're not going to be better than Los Angeles. They're a while from being a good team especially in a tough National League where you're not going to win the wild card either because the Mets, the Giants, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Pirates, I mean, they're all teams that could wind up being a wild card team and the Padres aren't catching them. So they're not going to be good. They're not a good team. But if you can't be good, can't you at least look good? Can't you at least give your fans? What are you giving your fans now? You have a fantastic ballpark, phenomenal ballpark, one of the best in all of baseball. But the main thing that's going to happen in San Diego is really going to be, are they going to make a big trade? I mean, seriously, I mean, are they going to trade Derek Norris? You know, are they going to trade Tyson Ross? You know, I mean, I, I guess they can't make a, a – I guess he's hurt. I mean, like, what? who's going to be their trade chips? I mean, they got to sign Jeremy. I mean, there's like, no, he's, I mean, look at the, I don't even know what they're going to do. You know, they are just, <laughs> you You look up, you got Will Myers. There you go. Um, you got Solarte. There you go. I mean, this is a weird team that is going to be kind of floating in the ether for a while. And when you do that, when you tell your fans, hey, um, buy season tickets, why? Um, well, because San Diego is a lovely city. It is. And on a summer day, heading down to Petco Park, going to that nice big hill they have back there, sitting down in, right by the gas lamp district, you walk right in, sit down in your seat, catch a game, and afterwards walk over to a fantastic restaurant, have yourself a nice plate of fish, and you're walking around San Diego. Damn! You can get me to live like that. Hell, if the Padres want to employ me, I'll do 365 Padres podcasts a year, and I'll put a Padres hat in my hat, and I'll be the biggest Padres fan you ever saw. But I'm Sully. I, that is the idea of a perfect night for me, walking over to Petco, catching the game, and walking back over eating some fish. That's not everyone's ideal. Maybe you can get 10000 a game doing that. But eventually you've got to do one of two things. You have to put a good product on the field. And you have to please the fans. Now, what the Padres are doing is saying, we're not going to please you with a good product. And we're going to hold off on the uniform that everybody wants. And I don't get it. There's no, it takes no effort other than ordering the brown and yellow to do that. And it's unique. The color scheme that they are proposing could be the Brewers, could be the Rays, could be the Royals. There's nothing about this new uniform that has any sense of identity, any sense of pride. 
brown and the yellow do? What teams have brown and yellow? Oh, quickly, on first glance. And to have that kind of color scheme that you instantly recognize with a team, I mean, how many have that? The A's do. No, no other team has that kind of green. Um, for a while, the Astros did when they had the orange tequila sunrise uniforms, but now there are several orange-colored teams, most prominently the Orioles. But seriously, the black and yellow of the Pirates, you take a look at that, you know that's Pittsburgh. Um, but, I mean, the Yankees and the Tigers have similar color schemes, and the red for the, is it the Angels, is it the Reds, is it the Cardinals? You know, the Dodger blue could very easily be the royal blue. To have that instantly recognizable uniform is something that San Diego has stumbled across. That's kind of cool. Now, what they've also stumbled across is the fact that they play in a great city, San Diego. And that very quickly, they are becoming one of the tortured cities in sports. It's right now down to San Diego and Buffalo as the two most tortured fan bases in sports. And so you could have a moment where if the Padres put it together and go on and win, and who knows, maybe a few fans of the show pitch are slightly moving over to San Diego, you know, wanting to identify with them. Or maybe more and more people will identify the fact that San Diego is a great city and may want to live. I don't know. It's a strange, strange place to put a team in some ways because on one side you have the ocean, to the north you have Los Angeles, on the west you have a desert, and to the south you have Mexico. So it's, it's, it's a strange, and, it's, and Baja, Mexico at that. So it's a strange place to build a TV market and everything, but they have it. They have an identity. And we are living in an era where it doesn't matter so much if you live elsewhere Hell, the only people who can't stream Padres games on their devices are, are in San Diego. Then maybe there could be a cool element to it. An element of identity through color, through uniform, through hats that you don't have with other teams. And they're tossing that away to look generic. It's kind of like in Lawrence of Arabia when Lawrence came back from the desert and he just put on his regular uh, British, you know, soldier's costume, you know, uniform there, and tried to act all British with everyone else. And he just didn't look right. He didn't seem right. And someone even said, he's laying it on a bit thick, isn't he? Because he had an identity. Why conform when you have a unique identity? Why blend into the herd when you are an individual. Why try to look like any other minor league team when you have a distinct major league look and identity? Now, yes, I'm getting passionate about San Diego Padres uniforms just like I got all whipped up about the Seattle Mariners hats. But that's part of what I'm talking about. And also think about, as I said earlier, at that Thanksgiving table the other night, if you can get passionate about something, you can get worked up about something, and it's not religion, it's not Trump, it's not Clinton, it's not 
the ISIS. It's not uh, the the alt-right Nazis. It's not the Paul Ryan. It's not Elizabeth Warren. It's not your Christian, you're Jewish, you're raising the kid this way, you don't believe in that, blah, da, 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 da. But instead, you can get worked up on the San Diego Padres and their hats. That, to me, is one of the great things about this. You can get worked up, you can find that rage, but you won't really cause a problem. And that, friends, is something to be thankful for. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Come on, change the hats! This has been a Sully Baseball Daily Podcast discussion on San Diego Padres hats on the day after Thanksgiving 2016, because that is how I roll. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.